Welcome to Two Discount Grocers and a Microphone. As always, I have Michael Thomas on the phone here. And Dylan Doug. How's it going? <laughs> good, good. That wasn't even my idea for the middle name, but I, I had to take a little thing because Griff uh, pulled that out of his back pocket and I was not prepared for that. So I figured I'd bring that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once again, uh, spoiling the continuity of the <laughs> podcast here that we record the intro after the interview. But yes, you'll be hearing the quick and immediate Dylan Doug reference from Griff. He was he was ready for that. That was awesome. Yeah, and yeah, uh, definitely wasn't prepared. So. All right. So, oh, by the way, on this episode of Two Discount Grocers and a Microphone, we uh, speak to Ken and Griffin Lowe, <laughs> which I'm sure you all know from listening to the uh, prior uh, podcast with Kara, where we announced what we were doing today. So, but uh, Dylan, what's been going on with you, man? Uh, so many things. Um, but before we get into everything else, I had an idea I want to talk to you about. I figured I'd talk to you about it here. Um, hopefully this goes well. Um, so we've talked a lot about, you know, one of the biggest struggles of owning the store by far is just being able to, you know, help people and support employees and something happened, uh, this week where, you know, an employee basically needed help and couldn't really reach out to someone, which got me thinking about a program we used to have with our previous company. Uh, it was called EAP, Employee Assistance Program. And it was a phone number that all employees could basically call and talk to someone, um, a counselor, and they could kind of either direct them to someone. And just thinking about how big of a company we are getting, I, I reached out to a couple uh, corporate people and, and they said they don't know if that's ever existed here. Um, but I got to think there'd be an interest to have maybe some kind of service out there like that. What are your thoughts on that? Would that be something you'd want? Would you use it? Would you pay for that type of service? Right. So you're not talking about like an HR kind of a situation. Uh, no, more of just a, a, a counseling person they could talk to, reach out to, whether they don't feel safe um, at home or, you know, not just like a uh, mental health line, although kind of like a mental health line, actually. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, it's it, it, oddly enough, it is Mental Health uh, Awareness Month. So very timely of you, my friend, very timely of you. Right. Um, no, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, anytime we can offer these kind of add-on services to our employees that, you know, can bring value to them, I think it's definitely, definitely great. Yeah, the question is, you know, what kind of a price tag is attached to that? And and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I mean, I would would be willing to pay for that to offer it as a service if we were talking hey. you know something like a hundred bucks a month or 50 bucks a right. month or something like that and and i don't know i mean i i haven't really thought nor looked into something like that so i don't even know what it what it uh what the going rate is and maybe i'm when i say 50 to 100 dollars a month maybe i'm like way undervaluing it or or maybe that's right on Right. Hey, again, this was just more uh, a situation happened and, you know, a, a person telling me what I've heard from a lot of people saying, gosh, I just can't reach out to someone or I can't find a person to listen or whatever. And and yes, we're there all the time to help and support as much as we can. But sometimes, you know, people need an outside voice or an outside person to kind of listen and just thinking that would be a, a service I would want to subscribe to if it was available. So, yeah, and I anyway. think... I, you know, as I'm thinking about this too, I mean, 
you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty empathetic uh, operator, and I and I know you are as well. And you know, I have the old uh, cliche open door policy, and mm-hmm. I do have employees that talk to me about a wide range of things, not just work. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm still the boss, and I'm sure there are things that employees are dealing with that they're they don't want to necessarily come to talk to me about with um and they might not have that person in their lives so yeah i mean the more i think about it 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 makes a lot of sense i i like it you get uh you get the endorsement the the mike mcginty seal of approval it might be more valuable if i don't have that seal of approval just food for thought okay no that's true if you really want to go somewhere yeah (laughs) all right so let's talk a little bit about ken and griff so father and son duo uh Ken mentioned he's been doing this for about a thousand years, give or take a few. Um, sure, you know, sure. Uh, a lot of interesting, fun stuff to hear from them, and just talk about a, a compassionate individual. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil too much uh, about the call, but uh, when when Ken talks about grocery outlet, it is not him just talking about a job by any means. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. Maybe Ken can start that hotline, you know, and just everybody calls. Oh. I'm just saying, just throwing so this out there. At the end of the podcast, we'll have his number posted. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, with all of that being said, without further ado, I give you Ken and Griffin Loeb. All right, and we are here with Ken and Griffin Lowe, father and son duo from North Tacoma. How the heck are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing great, Mike. Thanks for having us. You too, Dylan Doug. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yes. It's sticking. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Oh, man. He had that in his hip pocket. He was just anxious to get Dylan Doug out. Oh, so, uh, hey, it's great to have you guys on. Um, why don't you give us a quick little history, how long you've been with Grocery Outlet, and uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, for the Lowe family, it's got to go way back to the Stone Age. 1985 was the year I was unemployed. Um, my background actually is in sales, and uh, I was looking for just a part-time job just to hold me over until I landed on my feet again. I walk into a store that I'd never heard of before called Grocery Outlet in Vancouver, Washington, and uh, went in, talked to the operator, Laird Sullivan, one of the uh, icons of Grocery Outlet uh, history, and uh, he hired me as a part-time courtesy and uh, I had no intention of staying any longer than just a few months. And uh, those months uh, stretched on. And uh, eight months later, uh, I was offered an assistant manager position. And uh, I was still at the store. And I said, well, sure, Laird, I'll, I'll take the promotion. But just understand this, I can be gone next month. And he said, that's a chance I'm willing to take. So I get promoted. And then fast forward uh, three years. I'm still with Grocery Outlet. So that magical job just was not quite uh, surfacing. And uh, so he offered me the manager position, and I took that. And at that point, I had worked long enough with uh, Grocery Outlet where it kind of got into my blood. And uh, I managed that store uh, for about eight, nine years. And uh, then in 1994, um, we brought Lynn, my wife, uh, on board uh, to be a co-operator with me, and uh, we started the journey. And uh, we moved out of Vancouver and went up to Longview, 45 minutes north, and worked with Bruce and Gobby Raider and stayed there for a year. And I think it was there that Griffin learned how to swim and uh, <laughs> or nearly drowned. That's another story. And uh, from there, then we moved further north to uh, North Tacoma, ironically, and helped uh, Mike and Connie Gacky open that store. And we were here for about uh, six weeks. And uh, then the opportunity 
presented itself uh, to become operators at the Yucca Valley uh, version uh, 1.0 uh, store, uh, the old store 53. And uh, we took that store, but the uh, unfortunate thing about taking over Yucca Valley is that we were following a living legend in Dave Cubitt and his wife, Brenda, who had the Yucca Valley store. They were moving on to greener pastures in Grass Valley. And uh, so we took over that store in March of 1995. And uh, I'll tell you, that was five very interesting years because we took that store from an A store to a C store actually a C minus store <laughs> in five years. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we thought we knew everything, you know, working 10 years uh, as a manager for at that time, um, you know, a top 10 store in volume. And it's like, yeah, we, we know it all. And then we went down to the Yucca Valley only to realize how little we really knew. And it was really in the fires of those five years at Yucca Valley that forged a lot of, uh, the way we we operate today and uh so we were there for five years uh and then in 2000 uh we had the opportunity to move up and ironically take over the store that we helped open in 1995 and uh, the neat part of it is that um the day we took over yucca valley was monday march 20th 1995 the day we took over North Tacoma was Monday, March 20th, 2000. So exactly five years to the day, which I thought was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, in those uh, training uh, period where we're jumping to two different stores, uh, actually three if you include the store that I started with, um, a, a lot of people will ask, you know, is it really necessary to hop around and, and work in multiple stores? Uh, to which I say there there's an answer for every question or, or situation because every situation is unique. But for me, um, it proved to be very valuable because with Laird in Vancouver, uh, I got my business acumen from him. Uh, when we went up to Longview and worked with Bruce and Gobby Raider, that's how uh, I learned the importance of having fun in the store and creative marketing ideas. He was, he was a consummate entertainer and marketer. And when we came here to North Tacoma and worked those six weeks with Mike and Connie, uh, that's where we learned the importance of perseverance, uh, which was a lesson that we really needed to know going into Yucca Valley in those five years and in a very challenging situation. So, you know, that's in a nutshell, that's our history. And, um, it's amazing to see the um, progression <clears throat> that the company has made over these years. And back in 1985, you know, we would do the ordering um, on a piece of, you know, paper, paper and pencil and write in the numbers. And then you'd go to the 10 key and punch in all the item numbers manually and the number of cases you hoped you got. And then, when you're all done, you put this suction cup on the receiver, phone receiver, and and hope that the phone call goes through. And then it's just guessing, well, I wonder what's going to actually come on the load because it was no real-time sales. You didn't know, no picture of what you were ordering. You were just kind of stabbing in the dark. And so you move from there to today, and it's just, wow, um, unbelievable, the the progression that has been made yeah i have a i have a few questions about that coming up later but uh, <laughs> uh go ahead dylan but i was gonna say talking of uh following a living living legend uh that's kind of i feel like what griff's doing a little bit here oh for sure well what's funny i was listening to kara on the last podcast and i agree i think that is tough to go in behind uh, a store like pleasant hill you know and when I am coming in behind my parents in a way it's, I almost feel like it's even more pressure because I don't want to be the guy that dropped the ball, not only on, you know, a store that was doing very well, but even my parents store, I don't want to drop the ball, you know, for them <laughs> coming in behind them. And so, uh, yeah, there's definitely 
pressure, but uh, it's it's good, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. We, we get um, quite a few people that will come through, uh, aspiring operators that Groshala will send our way uh, to, to pick our brains, which there's not much to pick. But um, they'll ask all their questions and stuff, and then when they're all done, I'll say, well, there, there's one question that you didn't ask me. That's probably the most important question that you could have asked. And big white eye, they'll ask, what was that? And I'll say, well, the question is, if I had to do it all over again, would I still do it? And um, for as difficult as those Yucca Valley years were and all the challenges that everybody listening to this podcast, they, they know very well how challenging each and every day could be. And yet in spite of the stress, in spite of the disappointments, in spite of the difficulties, um, the stretching times that we all go through, you know, I would, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. Excellent. You know, I, I feel like that's also the common uh, with all operators. I mean, so often companies, people talk about, you know, I rather wish I would have done something else. I wish I would have, you know, at least tried something. I feel like with our operator community, that's what we get. We get a lot of people who are like, I, I want to change this for the world. Obviously, there are things you may want to adjust or whatever, but everyone <clears throat> says, I wish I would have done it sooner. And I love what I do. Um, very tough job for sure, uh, but very rewarding. Um, before we get to Mike's next question, I want to tell a quick story about you that we met you and you probably don't remember this, but we met uh, you, Ken, and your wife, Lynn, at one of our AOT talks uh, when we first started. Um, and uh, it was a very emotional talk that you and your wife did for us. Uh, and I think half the room was crying, um, but it was a lot about how you're there for the employees. This job is much bigger than a job. Uh, this is you and a huge family of people. And you, you guys talked about how it's very stressful, but you get to be part of their lives and you get to be part of supporting them. Uh, and, and Lynn was very touching during this and it just had us all, all in tears. And we came up to you guys afterwards and said, we were already all in with this program, but hearing you guys talk was really inspirational for us and, and it really touched us and there's a couple of quotes that you guys uh said that we we were going to talk to you about at the last opera meeting but we didn't um but you said uh you always do what you can for your employees um you try to do your best to pay them what you can and and really support them because they're going to make or break you and your job and, and you guys were so compassionate when talking to us we left with such a memorable uh, part of what you guys said to us. And we wanted to tell you that during the last operator meeting, but it was crazy with what a million people there. Um, but <laughs> right. your quote um, and your discussion you had with us was the most touching part of our entire uh, GOI school that we went to. And we wanted to talk to you guys about it, but we didn't get a chance. So I'll tell you now. So thank you yeah, for that. Thank you, Dylan. On, on that note, I'm going to jump in here real quick. Um, I think my, when I say my dad, I also include my mom. They are the goats, <laughs> like in grocery aisle. They're some of the goats. And uh, right now on our staff and our our crew, our core, we have, this is the tenure that we have. Um, and bear in mind, they've been at this store for 23 years, my parents have. We have uh, someone who's been here for 23 years, 22 years, 22 years, 20 years, 15 years, 15 years. And they just are rock stars and a lot of that we just said dylan is because of what this guy's done and what my mom has done and just that culture and taking care of their people and loving their people and going the extra mile uh for their people and it just pays dividends and i'm seeing that you know you yeah. that come to fruition you know we all of us in in operatorville you know we've been given a unique opportunity um that's it's just not out there this business model as is is extremely unique and we don't take this opportunity lightly and um you know there's a a, a quote that says too much is given much is required and so we've been given this great opportunity and what are we going to do with this are we going to use this business as merely a platform for um reaching the the community or helping the community at large um and the great thing about um succession is when you have a son 
that is absolutely on board with that philosophy that it's it's not about the take but it's about the give um that is very gratifying that he will take uh whatever foundation that lynn and i have built and just take it right up to the next level um very very confident of that well speaking of succession and handing the baton over before that i mean you were i mean you kind of grew up a grocery outlet kid right so oh, yeah yeah and unlike our last podcast kara came into it you know kind of out of out of high school out of college but i mean you have a a long memory of grocery outlet i mean it's entwined in your in your childhood tell me about that oh man so grocery outlet when we uh I mean, from the time I was born, my dad was already working for Grocery Outlet. And when he became an owner in 95, that was my playground where uh, me and my brothers, we would raise all sorts of hell. And I remember when I became an operator thinking, I'm never going to let my son or my kids just roam the store because of what me and my brothers would do and get ourselves into. Um, but it was fun. You know, it's, it was our playground. It was unique. And, um, you know, it transitioned though, because in this store and in Yucca Valley, uh, I was taught work at work ethic at a very, very young age where, you know, they're dragging me out of bed, uh, six years old, seven years old to go price hard lines and Haba. And, you know, I'm in tears, not wanting to go. And, you know, they, they just put me to work and it was a natural built in job, you know, growing up and it's the only job I've ever had. And, you know, it's funny. I, I tell people, you know, in junior high, high school, I never liked it because, you know, I'm just stocking shelves. It was just a J-O-B and, you know, I couldn't stand it. I was looking at people who worked in the store, like, how could they do this, you know, all the time? And, uh, and then it switched when I was in college and about halfway through, it's like, I want to work for myself. And that was the bottom line. I don't want to work for anyone. What could I do? What could I do? I mean, I'm thinking it's like, hmm. oh, there's that, <laughs> there's that one business back home. So I, uh, I called my dad, you know, uh, I said I was going to finish school and, but afterwards I wanted to pursue the business and, you know, he right away said, okay. And, um, he would probably tell you at the time he was excited, proud, but I think he knew he was aware of how challenging it would be, you know, where, the succession plan, a proper handoff, you know, just the family dynamic when you're working close with family, it is not easy by any means. And we'd be lying if we told you it was perfect and it was, you know, just smooth sailing, but it was a challenge. And, uh, uh, so yeah, that was, I graduated in, uh, 2014 and, uh, that's when I came back for good. And it was a 10, it's been a 10 year process, a slow handoff. And I, uh, got into the program in two or in 2020. And, you know, that was hard because the way my dad, it was a slow training process. The way he trained me was to take ownership of the store right away. And when I got into the program in 2020, I had already been managing the store for five years, everything, like doing everything. And I felt pretty confident. And so, you know, what Groeschel doesn't want is the cocky, you know, second generation coming in thinking, I don't need to learn anything. I don't need, you know, to do the program. But I understood because he taught me that I need to be uh, humble, um, humble, hungry, smart, and uh, got into the program in 2020. Uh, and it was an abbreviated program. Um, there was no title, no sons and daughters program. And if there was, no one told me, uh, it was, it was a, uh, an abbreviated program where they wanted me to go to another store to have someone else sign off on me. And so I went down to Lacey trained with Howard, who is awesome, runs a great store. Um, and he signed off on me, but, uh, it was still, it was still a great experience getting into another store, seeing other people's <laughs> systems. You know, there was stuff I pulled from him that I brought back to North Tacoma. And, um, it was a challenge too, timing wise because it was during COVID. So like most operators, I was already thinking like an operator. So I cared deeply about North Tacoma. And when I'm in another store working during COVID, the pandemic, buying all that, 
it was hard and I was bouncing back and forth. So it was a unique time uh, for sure. But uh, I was with Howard for three months and then I came back uh, to North Tacoma and then I finished out my training here, but I was still doing the online classes that we had to take. So I took all the classes with that were in the uh, program and uh, that was, you know, an unfortunate thing is we were all virtual. There was no one-on-one or connection, meeting in a room. Uh, you knew people via Zoom, but you didn't know them and you never met them in person. So being at the operator meeting was really fun, you know, seeing those people you uh, took the classes with online and who now have their own stores. Uh, it's pretty cool. Now, was your plan always to take over North Tacoma or when you decided to go into this business, were you kind of thinking you might want to go elsewhere or to another store? So it was always, it was North Tacoma to begin with. And then, you know, when you get into it, you're thinking, oh, I don't want to be patient. I'm ready. I can go get a store now. I want a store. But, you know, he did a really good job of reeling me in, you know, hey, think about this, patience, think about this. And he still says, you know, most operators, who get into it young, their sweet spot, 36 years old. He said, even now, I'm still not there. I feel like I am, but he goes, trust me, when you're older, you'll look back and, and think, oh, in my late 20s, early 30s, I still didn't didn't have it figured out. And so, uh, you know, being in my mid-20s, I trusted him and was patient. And, uh, you know, it's, it is my, my dream store. It's my forever store. If I get out of grocery outlet, um, it will be, I will be at this store. I will be leaving this store um, because of, I think the legacy means a lot to me. Um, I was three years old when this store opened. And I remember this store being completely empty and my mom laying out a little blanket in the center of the store saying, okay, Griff, stay in this little square. Don't leave. You know, and uh, that was, I'm I'm sure I didn't stay on it, but (laughs) those are memories I have, you know, and, um, just knowing all the work my parents put in and, and, and that's something really, really special too, is, you know, I love talking to other operators at, at meetings and in general, I love hearing their stories because most operators, all, almost all operators have that story of their first store there, that rough spot they were in the challenges they faced. And I feel like I am the kid with the silver spoon in his mouth. You know, I had the blessing of being, you know, being in a business that was handed off to me. Um, But my parents, you know, growing up, I hear the stories now on this side of it about all that they were going through in their first store, just the, the nightmare, the headaches, everything. And I never knew it as a kid, never knew it. We'd be in there, you know, just thinking everything was going great, but it is very interesting. And I learned, you know, just any issues I have, I never want to take that home Uh, to my family, to my kids. And um, I just really appreciate the work that my parents did to, to, you know, not only provide for their family, but build their business. And then uh, just now, you know, set me up to have the best opportunity to be successful. So So kind of a a personal quick question about that. What is your biggest fear about taking over this store once you are solo or, you know, you and you and your wife doing this? Yeah, I, I think the biggest fear, um, which from day one, you know, it's it's the employees, the people who the and everyone I listed off, they're still young. I mean, they're not they're not retiring or leaving anytime soon. Um, as far as they love it here, and um, I, it is my duty to take care of them. It's my duty to um, not to to basically do right by them. And I've told them from day one that I'm not going to come in here and you know, to- disrespect what they've you know done and worked for up to this point. They've helped grow my family. They gave my parents, you know, uh, the opportunity to run a successful business. And you know, you're only as good as your team, and they're everything. And so, my biggest fear would be, you know, just losing their trust. I think, um, you know, and the uh, yeah that that. Our people are everything, and it truly is a, a small family uh, culture here. And, um, yeah, I just love them. When uh, I used to teach at the uh, STAR school uh, on on the uh, hiring and training, um, recruiting, uh, 
I, I would tell the people that the most important characteristic, the most important for me as an employer is loyalty. And what Griff just said, you know, he is building within the team that sense of loyalty. You know, when you hire somebody that <laughs> they, they don't come with that loyalty. You, that's something that the operator has to earn and you earn that day by day by day and <clears throat> doing the little things. And uh, so once you have their loyalty, everything else just kind of falls into place. Um, to circle back uh, a little bit to what Griff said uh, about the transition and the whole process, um, one of the things that I did uh, that was very uh, important and hopefully valuable to Griff was I spent the first year um, having weekly meetings with Griff away from the store, and we would sit down, and during that year, 52 times, I poured everything that I knew into Griff. Um, the philosophies, the uh, business acumen, the, the, you know, how to do this, how to do that, from my perspective, I was laying the foundation for what was going to be a 10-year process. Um, when we went down, Lynn and I flew down to uh, Berkeley to um, kind of lay out our hopes to uh, Tom and Eric. And uh, um, in fact, it was the very same day that they had uh, all of the uh, potential investors um, down at uh, Mecca um, for a presentation. And so it's like, first time I saw Tom, I said, man, you could have rescheduled this because <laughs> it's not like uh, you didn't have enough on your plate. And he was very gracious. So when you see Tom next week, you can tell him <laughs> he's very gracious. But uh, um, he, they said, no, that we wouldn't uh, miss this. And so what it was important to us to see them face to face, knowing that there's no guarantees. Just because Lynn and I have been operators for a thousand years, that's no guarantee the Griff was going to follow in our footsteps. Yeah. And so we wanted to have a talk face-to-face, kind of lay out what our hopes were and and the desire of keeping the continuity at North Tacoma and not, not stopping the momentum that uh, uh, had been built for the last 20-plus years. And so they they were on board and they said, yeah, you know, no, you know, essentially they signed off on it. Um, and like Griff said, he still went through the training and, and all that, uh, which again, to my earlier point, uh, when I went to these other stores, I picked up something that I was able to take with me. Same with Griff. When he went with uh, Lacey, he was able to pick up things that um, I wasn't doing. And, you know, it's like, we all know there's more than one right answer. Uh, and, um, but in this transition process, while I was on board, um, I never dreamed it was going to be this difficult because you've got two alpha males side by side and you have one that has to, has to be diminishing and allowing the other one to accelerate if if i if that doesn't happen it's going to fail and uh, i told griff that um, what you're going to do is you're going to slowly erase me Uh, i'll still be here and i'll still be involved but more and more i'm going to become irrelevant because my hope is when i um, step away october 15 of 24 that the customers won't even know the difference. That's the right. whole smooth transition. And so right now, Mike and Dylan, I'm just kind of a faint outline. <laughs> I'm still there, but but it's faint and I'm disappearing. But it's hard because I always thought, well, my way was the best. I mean, uh, okay, well, obviously. And and what I came to realize is Griff has taken the paradigm and just kind of shifted it a little bit. And it's like, 
he's looking at it through a little different angle and he's doing things way better than what I ever did. And he's taken the profitability of the store, which is really, I mean, is that why we're in business? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Profitability he has taken to whole new stratosphere. I mean, unbelievable. He has mastered the um, productivity, which is essential. That's the key component of pro profit. And um, the bottom line is he has taken a lot more dollars um, that he then is able to distribute to the people that are helping him get there. But uh, uh, anyway, it has been hard. People who are maybe listening and they're thinking of, you know, trans, uh, transition, succession, um, that was absolutely the hardest thing for me is purposely letting it go. You know, something. Yeah, that, I would imagine. Oh, hard. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, just yeah. say, you know, pour yeah. your 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 blood, sweat, and tears into this business, and you have so much invested um, emotionally and financially and every other way, and to just let it go. Although you know, I wasn't letting it go to a, um, a derelict. You know, it was someone. Who, yeah, Dylan isn't taking over your store. That's. Yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so is the plan is the plan yeah. to be done done yeah or you think you're yeah. still kind of be involved no 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 it's not fair for Griff for me to be still involved uh, i am totally out of the picture i'll take the keys yeah He'll change the, key. like, change the so, safe code. Yeah. <laughs> to totally out of the picture. And really what's been gnawing on me uh, for the last number of months has been, what is retirement going to look like? Because uh, all these years, I've been so dialed into productivity, productivity, productivity. And then to change that where now that's not um, in my thinking, on my radar, I can't do that. I can't. And so the productivity is still going to be there, but it's going to be uh, ferried over into another area through volunteerism and um, uh, probably immersing myself, helping with the church that we belong to, that up to now I've been precluded from pretty much doing anything because of my schedule. Um, it will involve lots of travel, um, but but uh grandkids babysitting grandkids yeah yeah but but as far as still having a hand in the store no no it will uh i'll be off doing other things my mom on the other hand um lynn um she will actually stay on basically as uh my quote-unquote bookkeeper uh, if you will um she loves doing that she wants something to keep her busy so that'll you know be something to fill a little bit of her time. HR person, yeah, a little little HR person for our for our little business. But um, yeah, she's in a spot where she loves you know still loves connecting with people. And I told her, hey, feel free to check anytime you want. So Ken, okay, so if my math is correct, you've been an operator for twenty nine years ish. So. Crazy. Uh, what if it, what is the secret to running a store for you know thirty ish years and being able to you know get up every day and find that renewed sense of passion and not burning out and you know all those types of things? Because I felt I felt called to do this. I mean, I felt it was my call. And, and there's no doubt that I was doing what I was designed to do. And uh, for those difficult years in, in Yucca Valley, uh, I mean, I remember one, one day, it was the middle of the night, and we had um, uh, lawsuits against us. We had um, the store going uh, south real fast in sales. We had people moving out of the area, not moving into the area. Um, we had a fire. Um, granted, it was just outside the building, but it it um, they set bells on fire. Yeah, they set bells on fire, and so the the heat that the flames reached up 
the cinder block walls are like 20 feet high and the the flames went up to the top of the of the roof and the heat was so intense it shut down all of our compressors and so you know you you've got uh just a continual um line of of things going on that, that would really be easy to, to frustrate us and, and make us want to just walk away. And I remember one night, middle of the night, I was being, I was up on top of the roof because our compressors had gone down again. And it was the middle of the night and I was up there waiting for the uh, service guy to come and I was bawling. I mean, it was like I had a meltdown right there on the roof of the, of the store. And, uh, but even during that meltdown, did I entertain thoughts of just walking away from it? No. Wow. If that doesn't give you chills, I mean, you know, yeah. you, when you talk to a lot of people uh, that have been doing this for a long time, you can feel passion. And I, I got to imagine anyone listening to that right there just feels like that's not you just talking. That's you just breathing it. Um, I know we're going to talk about quotes, but I'm just going to say a quick quote that you just said, and this is going to be my new favorite quote of the day. Uh, I'm doing what I was designed to do. <laughs> Mike's jealous because he would want to say it too, probably. Um, you know, we talked about <laughs> this, being, this being in your blood. Uh, I'm doing what I was designed to do. Uh, you know, that resonates hard with me. So. Yeah, nice. You know, as an excellent line for sure. I just, I like that you. It's your new favorite quote of the day. Of the day, yes. <laughs> you know, at ten o'clock this morning, like you've already had four. But this you one's the best. You haven't. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so kind of going back to you, Ken. Here, you know, okay, you've been around grocery out for a long time, and uh, there's been. You know, I, I like how you, I like how you said that. I like yeah, how you I said mean, like ages. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, Gershaw has gone through a lot of changes, right? If nothing, if the the consistent, th most consistent thing about Gershaw is that it's always changing, changing, yeah. changing. Yeah. What What would you say is your favorite era of grocery outlet? Not to say that, you know, other eras aren't good or bad or whatever, but just kind of what is in your mind kind of for you, the golden era of grocery outlet? Yeah, that is that is super easy to answer. And it might sound trite when you hear it, but I certainly believe it. And that's the present. Um, every era that that we encountered um, at that time, it was like the best and then something else comes along it's the best and so really um i'm not one for looking back um and just uh wishing for the quote-unquote good old days um i i am very happy and very comfortable with the present and um one thing that i will say uh having been around the block a few times I love, 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 love the humility that comes from the top. I love the transparency and the honest communication that is expressed at the top. Um, that is a mark, Mike, of great leadership. And uh, so I... Uh, and it wasn't always that way. Uh, you know, you go back 30 years with the company and um, it, it wasn't that way at all. So it, it's been a progression um, led, I think, in large part with Eric. And then it's just passed on to RJ in the same philosophies. In fact, I can see where <clears throat> a lot of Eric has been infused into RJ. And uh, so what you're seeing in RJ is just a continuation of, of Eric um, in the style, in the aforementioned uh, qualities. But um, that that is what I really appreciate most in, in the changes that have happened in the company over the past the, you know, 40 years or whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wonder if uh, Eric and RJ had weekly meetings where Eric just kind of told them everything about it. (laughs) 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 One year of weekly meetings. Here we go. (laughs) So on that same kind of note then, okay, so, and that's not tried at all. That's, that's, That's a perfectly respectable answer. That's kind of the answer that, you know, in my short seven, eight years of being an operator, I would give the same kind of answer. Um, but on the flip side of that, with all the progression and changes, what was the most difficult thing for you to uh, come to terms with is not the right way to say this, but what was the most difficult change for you to, to make, to, you know, institute into the store kind of as, you know, all these different things came along. Yeah, I think just the technology, you know, because I'm old school, uh, that's a little more, uh, I have a, a larger learning curve than um, someone like Griff's age. So probably just keeping up with all of that, the the advances, which are done for our benefit, but it still takes a learning curve to, to understand it and manipulate it. So uh, again, you're talking to a guy that used to, transmit my order with a, a suction cup. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do the same question for Griff because he has more of that kind of, you know, you know, less than 10 years. Uh, what changes have you seen in, in the last 10 years that have been the hardest for you to either implement or adapt to or? You know, it's, Bes- I, besides I your dad. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, when I came on in 2014, I mean, Nosh was just, you know, really becoming a thing, booming, you know, they were moving in that direction. The technology was just coming out as far as the uh, the ordering process with the real-time order guide. I remember I learned the old school. I was being trained in the old school way of doing it for like two weeks. And then it's like, oh, we've got this new way to order now. Throw it away and we'll, you know, order on the, the new uh, portal. And so I feel like everything since I've been here and I keep hearing it from my parents, which it's true. It's like, you have no idea how much efficient and better it is, you know, for, uh, for how we do things and just how grocery outs, you know, advanced. And, uh, finally, you know, the S 400 changing, which is exciting, um, or going away, I should say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I don't know as far as the most challenging change, I feel like every change that I've experienced since 2014 has been for the better. At least that's how I off the top of my head right now. Okay. Excellent. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of coming up against it here on the time, but I do have, uh, and then we'll, we'll get to quotes and just saying, but, um, taking over, you know, in this transition, Griff, and you've you've alluded to it and you've said you know some things throughout the course of this but you know when it comes down to it what qualities do your parents possess that you have tried to and will continue to try and model in being an operator they're givers um i think that's their their best quality um i remember when i came back to pursue this business we would butt heads about almost anything uh, just because, you know, I'm trying to find a way to do a better way to do it. And he's trying to stick to his way, which he's confident is the best way. And I remember there was something we were debating on. And typically I wouldn't back down. You know, it's like we would just, you know, butt heads. Uh, but this particular time, he uh, he had a problem with what I was suggesting. And he I said, you know, it's not that big of a deal, you know, which is not a good thing to say to your dad who cares passionately about something. And uh, uh, yeah. he, he looked at me square in the eyes, fire in his eyes. And he said, uh, it is that big of a deal because that affects the bottom line. And that bottom line directly affects how we can give. And I like was ready to like rebuttal. But then it's like, okay, yeah, okay. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And, and that's kind of their driver. And I think that heart, you know, where they have a heart for the community, a heart to use this business as a platform for good 
is something that is on the forefront of my mind and I, that's not going away. Um, you know, they've, they've modeled that, uh, from day one. And we're going to release this, I think, uh, to what today or tomorrow, but this should have been a father's day edition right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, hey, great having you guys on, truly. So we're gonna we're gonna end it here with this though. Do you guys have <laughs> some favorite quotes to to share with us? Dylan, you took them all. Oh, I'm sure you have more. I see I see a list next to your abacus right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> your abacus. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a saying that's on our wall that says uh and I'm not sure if uh, I'm the originator of this saying or not, but uh, it was so meaningful to me that I, I had Lynn uh, make a poster out of it. And uh, it's hanging on the wall and has hung on the wall for all the years we've been operators. And it says, organization is the essence of success. And um, uh, organi- or- living an organized life or running an organized business is crucial if you're going to be successful. Um, I'm a, a list maker and, and, and I think Griff is too, but uh, you know, I'll make lists. Okay. These are the accomplishments. These are the goals for the day. And then nothing gives me greater pleasure than to be able to make a check mark for each one. Check, 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 check. And um, the reason for that is it keeps me focused. And so that's partly why uh, organization is so crucial to success is it keeps you uh, with a laser-like focus on really what are your goals, what, what's the objectives uh, in running your business. <clears throat> and so that's, that's uh, if I ever uh, feel tempted to kind of stray off course and, and kind of get distracted with the minutia, then uh, that quote on the wall always helps me come back to okay focus 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 how do you focus stay organized so that's that's my take my uh, my quote is learn from others mistakes you can't live long enough to make them all yourself Ooh, that's a good one too mm-hmm. i like that i like that that's a roosevelt quote gotcha all right, gentlemen. Well, thanks again for coming on the uh, the hey, old podcast. Thanks for having us. It was Thank an honor you. and a pleasure. Yeah. It was a real pleasure as well. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Take care. All right. So that was Ken and Griff. Mike, what did you think of that? Listen, talking to Griff is awesome. Griff's such a good guy. I really do. I like that guy for sure. Um but also being able to talk to Ken with just, I mean, such a long and storied career, you know, that he and Lynn have both have was, was, uh, it's always really fun to talk to somebody that's just been around for so long. Right. And we've brought up the whole fact that, you know, big shoes to fill for a lot of people. Uh, but so far I'm going to say those are probably some of the biggest we've heard about filling. I mean, there's a lot to do and that Griff's going to have to kind of live up to, which, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to do great. Uh, but that is uh, going to be a, a challenge mentally. Uh, but luckily, you know, we kept talking so highly about his parents and I'm sure they're going to be there uh, well after the October 15th date uh, to be supportive and helping him. But uh, yeah, that'll be, yeah, it'd be fun to watch him grow and the store grow. And well, and I, listen, I'm sure they're going to be there supporting him, you know, for sure. But I, I don't know. I, I think Ken is like October fifteenth, twenty twenty four. I'm I'm done. <laughs> so uh, I guess that uh, remains to be seen. But well, I uh, guess we'll know if he changes his number the next day. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, talk to someone else. So. <laughs> No, it was nice talking to him though. It made me, it gave me all kinds of warm fuzzies just from, you know, cause I had the uh, pleasure of being able to work with both of my parents at two separate points, right. You know, uh, right. working as store manager and training with my dad. And then later on, uh, you know, working with my mom, uh, cause we, we owned the store together in the beginning. So, uh, you know, that for me, that's a kind of a personal, you know, it, it made me feel, feel kind of glowy inside, uh, Right. I mean, there are so many parts of that podcast of just not just talking to people, but talking to 
true family and, and rich history of, of this. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it runs deep in, in their family. And uh, I'm sure we could have lasted another few hours on this call um, just hearing stories about his his past and, and the history with, you know, other stores and situations. But luckily, oh, we yeah. only keep this to about an hour. Roughly. About. So, yeah, yeah. approximately. All right, so uh, next episode is kind of a big one. Uh, episode 10, double digits. And uh, we talked about that every five-ish or so episodes, we are going to uh, break away from the operator community and talk to somebody at GOI. So here we are with our second corporate cast, uh, number 10. And Dylan, we sent out a poll to the grocery operators on the operator pages. And uh, who did they choose? Well, first, I'm surprised that uh, my 12 votes for Lois didn't end up counting. But number one. You know, hold on a second. Oh, oh. Now, see, now I'm going to interrupt real quick because <laughs> we're going to build some suspense here. But uh, I did not know you could do this on Facebook or not. I put up a poll and then uh, Bob Bernard added a a whole nother uh, option of lowest prices or Doug to it. And I oh, did I not know. Yeah. Uh, Bob added, I'm pretty sure it was Bob uh, added it. I didn't add it. And I did not realize that you could just add other <laughs> options to people's polls. Oh, great. Now next week you're going to ruin anyone else's poll to have. Yeah, I'm just going for it. I think you're one of the few people who actually does the polls on, on both of the Well, I've only done it a couple of times, but uh that was kudos to you, Bob, that by the way. <laughs> that was uh that was a funny one. I, I enjoyed that. So and I, I was hoping I was hoping that uh Lois and Doug would have won, <laughs> but they didn't. So hey. the suspense is killing. Well, nobody, but go ahead, Dan. Who, who are we having? <laughs> uh, we have Mr. Steve Wilson. That'll be on in, let's see, two weeks. Uh, any idea what you want to talk about with him or any ideas of, of topics we should breach upon him? Yeah, so, uh, well, if I had to think of something, well, we'll, we'll have to think of many things, but uh, I definitely want to talk to him about uh, private label. Uh, okay. And if if and when we're going to be going to that, you know, I think we talk a lot about opportunistic versus MTO, but that's a conversation we really haven't gotten into uh, too much. Right. Um, yeah. How about you? Uh, again, I'm going to try to come up with as many things as I can while in Hawaii. So, uh, yeah, give me give me a few a few days and I'll see what kind of list I can come up with. Yeah. OK, good. Well, hey, okay. I want to leave everybody out there with this. Uh, you know, we, we are releasing this last podcast a week late because Dylan has the audacity to take his vacation on a podcast week next time. By the way, Kara offered her services as guest host. And next time I'm taking her up on it, you know, Dylan, you're all too fast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, listen, it's been, uh, it's been fun chatting with you and, uh, we look forward to, uh, doing it again with Mr. Steve Wilson. Uh, real Roll quickly, one. Hold on, oh. before you do oh, the music. Oh. Oh, oh. Not Stop. today, not okay. today, but one day you and I will sing that intro or the outro song live. Just saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so. uh, don't hold your breath. But that sounds good. I already <laughs> sang right. it once. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. Oh, All fair right. Enough. Okay. Roll the music. <laughs>
for listening. We really appreciate it. You're like the most important people in our lives. Well, that's not, I mean, we have our wives and our kids and stuff, but you, you know, you're very important to us. And we really, really do appreciate you listening to the podcast.